another new singer for Skid Row, but can they find the old magic? We'll find out when we talk with bassist Rachel Bolin next, right here on Chris Aiken Presents. It is Chris Aiken Presents, and I, of course, am Chris Aiken, and I am super, super happy to uh, be chatting with this guy next. I'm happy to be presenting brand new music from the band Skid Row. The gang's all here. It's out on October the 14th, and here to talk all about it is the bassist and the main guy, I'm going to say, of Skid Row, <laughs> Mr. Rachel Bolin. Rachel, how are you, man? Hey, dude. I'm doing well. Thanks, man. Well, dude, got to tell you, I'm going to tell you straight up the real truth, and I'm not going to just say, oh, I love the record, man. It's the greatest thing of all time. You mm. know, I didn't love it at first. I'm going to be honest. I think okay. I think there was so much expectation into it that it took a few listens to get it. Nothing honestly. wrong with that. Nothing and, and wrong I, with that. Yeah. If I was writing a review <clears throat> today, I would say like seven and a half, eight. So I am digging it. Okay. But it did, it did take me a bit to first time through. I, and I mean, you know, the comparison, everybody goes to that comparison and it's like, right. well, you know, new singer, new guy, you know, mm -hmm. and then when it's not exactly that, that's like, all right, well now let me step back and come into it. Right. So let's start there, man, for you. And, and obviously the biggest change, Eric, Eric joining the band, big change for the band. Um, certainly it seems like it re-energized you guys in a lot of different ways. Yeah. So talk a little bit about him coming in and not necessarily, I mean, I've read all the stories about, you know, you hearing him play and seeing him on the cruise and all that, but talk a little bit about getting to know the guy first. Cause it seems like that's more what, from what I've seen that you guys focused on versus, okay, well, this guy sounds like Skid Row. Let's plug him in and see what happens. Yeah. Well, uh, all those things you said, we heard, we toured together and whatnot and we heard him from the dressing room and the, we just, always thought he was really great. And, um, but we, uh, you know, when, when I first reached out to him, it was through Instagram. And mm -hmm. I said, I, you know, I saw he did a cover of 18 in life and I thought it was fantastic. And then all his other, he did rainbow in the dark by Dio, you know, iron maiden covers. I was like, man, this guy's versatile. Right. Sure. So we, at this point we had the feeling we were going to be making a change. And I was just like, man, this is the dude to get. He he has he, his vocal range is right where we needed to be, and we didn't know him though. And sure. so I just sent him a text and uh, or a, a direct message, and he got back to me pretty quick. And I said, "Man, you want to jump on a Zoom?" And we did. And within like the first couple minutes of the Zoom, I was just like, "Wow, this dude like." You know, I've been doing this a long time. I, I'm a, I consider myself a pretty good read of character. And sure. I'm like, wow, this dude is like, he's like balls out, man. Like work. He loves to work and he loves music as much as we do. And, and, uh, he told me his whole story about like getting sick and how he promised himself that if he made it out alive, that he would sing every day for the rest of his life. And I okay. just, that dude, that just hit me like a cannonball in the chest. I was like, wow. Sure. And I go, and that's, that's kind of what gave birth to his YouTube channel and all that. And it, it was a promise he made to himself. And that I was like, man, this guy's character is incredible. And, um, 
so anyway, I told him about uh, kind of what was going on, and we may need someone to fill in for a few shows. And then uh, Snake and our producer Nick is like, "Well, why don't you send him some new stuff? Talk to him, see what see what he he wants to do." And he just his work ethic is it, it it's I, I can't even say similar to ours. It's exactly the same as ours, and it's just like here's the job, here's the task. No matter how big, I'm going to get it done. And sure. get it done to the best of my ability, and he did. And it when we heard the stuff back, we're like, okay, this is this might not just be filling in for a couple dates, you know what I mean? Right. And so then we're like, you know, well, you want to join Skid Row? Snake and I got on the phone with him, and we we and we had so many good zoom conversations and I'm kind of glad it all exists because he's on the other side of the planet. You know what I mean? He's in Sweden outside of Stockholm and we, we, uh, we just gelled right away. And then, uh, I said, okay, I want, you know, we want you to meet the rest of the guys, Rob and Scotty. And so all, all of us got on together and we were talking and busting balls and all this. And it was just like, he had the same stupid sense. It has the same stupid sense of humor that we all do, uh, kind of offbeat and, and whatnot. But and it was like once we hung up, we're all texting each other. The four of us are texting each other. It's like, does is this too good or what? What's going on? <laughs> like, does he fit in too well? Right. And so we were like, now nah, he's genuinely a, a good dude. And then we met the first time we ever all were in the same room together was on a Tuesday. And we were for rehearsals and we were starting the Scorpions residency on that Saturday. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So we all got to Vegas on a Tuesday. We rehearsed Wednesday and Thursday, took Friday off and then uh, went straight into that three, re- uh, three week run of shows. And nothing's changed since then. It, it's just, we just keep gelling better and better and better. And even though he lives so far from us, we keep in close contact. We're, we're already starting to write stuff uh, for the the next record, and and you know we'll send them stuff, and he'll send ideas back, and it's just it's really cool. And and he's very talented. Sure. And like I like I said, a very hard worker, and he's the the first time we've ever had a singer, the first singer we've ever had that has played guitar. So he comes at music from a different as a musician as well as a singer. Mm-hmm. And that's 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 big for us, you know. Sure. Th- this far into our career, that's really big for us to have someone else um, that could contribute a lot. Sure. How how much of the decision was take away? I'm gonna go the other direction now. How much of the decision was him kind of being the Arnell Panetta that you've been looking for for 25 years? You know that can really match. In the when when you do the classic songs on stage, as well as bringing his own his own style and feel to the new material. Um, well, yeah, we we needed someone that was going to uh, um, be able to, um, you know, really cover the, the our history and do it well. And we knew that was going to happen when we saw his eighteen in life cover. And but we wanted someone that was creative and just had a fresh outlook and we, we needed a powerhouse and he's a powerhouse, man. (laughs) Sure. Sure. He certainly is now. Now, you know, you mentioned his health and, and it seems like he's getting healthy now. It's when he first joined, ain't going to lie. The first videos I saw, I was like, man, I hope he can 
make it through a long because like you guys like the first videos came online at the same time that you guys announced a really long tour mm. and at that time i think he was weighing like a buck oh five or something like on the first gig or two i was like man this guy is gonna really struggle to meet this schedule did you guys worry at all you know when you first met him and saw him about his health you know just well we asked we asked him straight up we're like will you be able to do this like physically and right. he's like not a problem He's like, I'm so skinny now. He's, and he was, he was, he knew he was that skinny. You know, sure. he was well aware that he was that thin. But he, um, you know, he's like, I just can't wait to start getting back into martial arts and start boxing again so that he could build muscle mass. Because I mean, a bone marrow transplant is, is, I, I, I never really knew what it was. And he explained the whole thing to me and what, what it does to your body and what you go through uh rebuilding an immune system and whatnot and he uh when he explained it to me i was like wow no wonder you're so freaking skinny <laughs> you know but right. and you know but you watch that dude eat he's gonna have that weight right back on him i know he's back in in boxing and okay uh back in sweden he's back with his trainer and in martial arts and boxing so he uh he, he's uh he's getting back to where he wants to be sure and, and from the from the videos that I've seen, again, I haven't seen him live. I've seen him live with Heat, but I've not seen him, you know, with you guys yet. Mm. It seems like he brings kind of that 1988 energy that you guys had, you know, at the very, very beginning when I first saw you with like Bon Jovi or whatever. Mm. You know, he really brings that running crazy. And I, I know some of the videos I'm watching and I'm watching you guys kind of looking at him and going, damn dude, slow down. <laughs> <laughs> You're showing us up. <laughs> yeah. Now it's funny. Uh, we were in between songs and Scotty and I went back behind the amps and he's like, man, he's entertaining. <laughs> he's like, I never watched one of our singers before that kid's entertaining. And it, it's cool because it raised the bar for us. You know, I mean, there, there's a quite a difference in age. Uh, he's 34. Uh, I, I'm the oldest in the uh, Scotty and I. Well, three of us are 58, but I'm oldest mm -hmm. by a, a few months. And, uh, you know, so it um, it's just one of those things that raised the bar for us. It's like, OK, well, we got to we got to start moving again. It's great, though. It's like it's like sure. a shot of adrenaline for us. And I love it. And I, I love I, I just love being able to better myself. And if it means if bettering myself means bettering the band, that that's the icing on the cake. Right on. Well, I'll tell you what, Rachel, why don't we take a break here and, and give people a taste of some of the brand new music from Skid Row. The gang's all here. It's out on October the 14th. Uh, we'll play uh, a little bit of the video from Tear It Down. Uh, what can you tell me about this video shoot? It was cool, man. We, we uh, went back to Jersey, you know, being most of us Jersey guys, um, all from the Northeast pretty much, and, except for Eric. But um, we went into, I believe it was Passaic, New Jersey, and they were tearing down this fu old funeral home. And it was like, tear it down, tear it down. Not really the, yeah. the topic of the song, but, you know, it's cool. Right. And, and um, we just did it out on the streets in Jersey, and they had uh, roads blocked off and crowds were gathering. And it, it was really cool. And here's the coolest thing about it, about that video shoot, is – we uh the song is just about tearing down barriers and uh, sure. whether whether it's it's the color of our skin or whatever it is just tearing down barriers and and unifying and and becoming one again and and or not again but just becoming one and and 
coexisting with each other, which isn't a hard thing, but it seems to be people make it difficult these days. And as we're doing that, as we're playing, and this building is fine, whatever, the building's getting torn down, the name of the songs tear it down. But as people are gathering on the streets, I'm seeing people of all different races watching the band bopping their head. And I was sure. like, this is why we do this. And people, right. strangers on the street just come up talking to each other. And yeah, yeah, well, you know, hands in the air of, of every every ethnic background that I could imagine growing up in Jersey, because that's how it was, you know, like mm -hmm. it, it wasn't, we, we were a mixed bag, man. In my neighborhood, right. we were a mixed bag and I'm looking at that. We're all looking at, it. I go, is that funny? That's what this song is about. And that's what's happening right before our eyes. It was, it was the coolest moment, man. The coolest moment. Very cool. Well, let's share some of that cool moment right now. This is Tear It Down. This is brand new from Skid Row right here on Chris Aiken Presents. tear it down brand new music from skid row from the gangs all here which is once again out on october the 14th and we're talking with rachel bolin about the new record and uh rachel i was reading in the press so we'll take that for whatever that means but um <laughs> i i was reading that um working with nick who you've worked with previously i believe right have you have no. you worked with him no oh, this okay. is the first time yeah, okay this is the first time well, I read that what he brought was that he helped you refocus. You felt refocused you musically. Did you feel like you lost some focus with Thick Skin or RPM or the EPs that, that you needed to be refocused? Or No, I, uh, not at the time because we were in the middle of it. But he, okay. here, here's the, the most important thing, other than being the insanely great producer that he is, is he was a fan before he was a producer. So sure. he was like, man, I love the stuff you guys did. I really do. He goes, but each record sounded like you got further and further away from where you started. And as we could all attest to is that we remember like, if they're like, when I first heard rock and roll over, I'll never forget where I was how that album changed my life, how I felt, and and just the effect that it had on me. Right. 
I'm sure the guys in Kiss don't feel the same way because they're in Kiss and they made the right. record. So not comparing us to Kiss by any means, but it's like, okay, so our first couple records had an effect on people uh, and mm -hmm. Nick, Nick being one of them. They remember that feeling that they had. They'll remember it for the rest of their lives. And so he brought us back to that spot and we had to keep trying stuff. And he's like, he said, to us, it still sticks in my head. You guys sound like you're afraid to be Skid Row. No. And we're like, what the hell does that mean? And right. then, then it all just started clicking and we started just doing stuff. We, you know, when you're around for a long time, it seems like you just want to keep trying new things. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's the old things that you should keep trying or just keep, you know, improving on instead of just trying new stuff. And he brought us back to where we were when we were doing the first two albums, you know, and mentally. And and right. that's when stuff really started coming together. And the dude is a creative force. He's just like, here, try this, try that. And like his honesty, although sometimes brutal, was so welcomed. And because he's an old school producer, you know, sure. you, bring, you bring him an idea. That sucks. Love that. Maybe a little bit of that one here and there, and just let's let's do this. Rewrite these lyrics; they're cheesy, right. they, you know, the whole, the whole right. deal. And it was awesome, and it it really made us work hard because we wanted to make sure that he liked it from his standpoint, and we sure. wanted to make sure that we all it lit lit the five of us up. Well, at the time, it was the four of us when we were um, in pre production lit us up because uh, Tom Hamilton from Aerosmith gave me the best advice so many, so, so many years ago. And he said, he goes, when you write a song, you, that song has to get you off first before it's going to get anyone else. Right. And it's so true. It's so true that it had, and meaning you, meaning the band. Right. Um, so if it lights all five guys up, cool, let's move forward with it. And, and that, that's what Nick brought. Uh, as a producer, just like, okay, let, let's, let's push it. And he would push and push sometimes that it'd be like, I, I don't see what's wrong with that baseline. It's like, <laughs> just say stuff like right. I do. He'd go, I do. <laughs> right. It's like, it's like, he goes, and he would challenge us. And that's really important because, you know, you're, you're 70% producer and 30% psychologist. You know right. I mean? Sure. So and and he uh, he got us to that point, right? And he certainly did. I mean, if you listen, obviously the two singles that you've um, that you've released so far to people, they definitely have the classic sound. As does Hell or High Water. I mean, you guys make it known immediately as soon as that song <laughs> hits. Like, bang! You're 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 back in in 1990. Right you know, on. I mean, it, it, that one or um, you know, Time Bombs, another one that definitely sounds old school. And then there's the very last track, which is probably my favorite on the record, World on Fire, which is probably the most openly newsy slash political. It's not necessarily political, but it's kind of like an overview of what's going on today. Mm -hmm. And I think it has the greatest lyric that you guys have ever put on any of your records. With oh, that. wow. <laughs> Radio silence should be words to live by. That could not be more true of anything you guys have ever said musically. <laughs> so talk, talk a little bit about that one and why you guys were so willing to, that is probably the biggest change up I see is that it's the first time I ever remember listening to a Skid Row song and thinking about it as 
wow, is that completely today's political spectrum that we're kind of stuck in? Yeah, it, um, it it's like you said, it's not, not so much political as it is just a standing back and looking at things. And it's sure. like, you know, maybe everyone in the world shouldn't voice their opinion. Amen. Amen. <laughs> you know Amen. what I mean? Maybe it's not important that with, with all the shit that's going on, maybe, maybe you flapping your mouth is making shit worse. You know what I mean? Right. And so that, that's kind of, you know, that, that, that's where the lyrics just came out of. And that was a song that we wrote in, that was, that was like the last song that we wrote, I believe. And that was during rehearsals or we went back into pre-production because Nick is like, you guys need more songs. So we went back in and we wrote um, Not Dead Yet and um, World on Fire. And it was just Snake had a riff. He's like, here's a bunch of my, here's what I have. And uh, then Nick kind of, you know, pulled it apart, rearranged it. And then I started writing lyrics and uh, both had some melody ideas. And those were just, it was just feelings. And although, uh, you know, it was last minute, the, the more I listened to it, I'm like, I didn't realize it was such, we were making such a statement when, sure. when we were writing the song. And, you know, that, that was truly where our head was at as we were writing those lyrics. It's just like, man, it's just like, let's just, Let's just just stop this shit, you know. Right. What I mean? Let's just just stop. Just shut up a second. Like my mom, the old saying, "Stop and smell the roses." You know, right? My mom would always say that when she saw that I was going going. You're working too hard. You know, I get off tour and then just work at home and then get back right. on tour. She's like, "You gotta just chill and just stop and smell <laughs> the roses and right. just enjoy life a little bit." And uh, yeah, and my dad was a big big uh, uh he, he was <laughs> he'd always be like if you talk too much sooner or later you're gonna say stupid shit you right. know so just like say what you gotta say and then and you're done yeah you're done I, you know exactly. you don't have to keep talking just to hear your own voice and <laughs> right. I, I i feel completely yeah. the same when people start going on about stuff whatever the topic is i'm like oh my god oh. i would say shut up <laughs> yeah no no matter how much you say you eventually sound stupid that's what my dad used to say to me yeah exactly <laughs> exactly my dad, dad would always say too when you run out of things to talk about when when or, or when you're at a party and you start talking about the weather you've run out of things to talk about so yeah. go home go home <laughs> you know? exactly yeah. well rachel the other the last song i wanted to ask you about here is probably the oddball on the record just because it's a it's really long and b it's it's the only one that really threw me back to like thick skin era and that's october song mm -hmm. very different for you guys or at least for the rest of this record i guess it's very different um what went into you guys' decision to write such a a long song? I don't think you guys have ever written anything this long. No, we haven't. And, and B, something that just feels kind of somebody must have had a passion for this one. I'm guessing because it does feel different from everything else on the record. Yeah, it. Um, it's funny. We shortened it by about thirty seconds. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a there was a bigger musical break. Um, but yeah, it, it's. The, the the main riff is a guitar riff that Snake has had for, man, I don't even know. I think he might have come up with it on the Slave Tour and would just always play it, always play it. And it just kind of went away. And one day he was at my house when we were writing and 
we weren't even in the same room and I just heard it and I was like, wow. And I walked upstairs and I go, I remember that riff. I go, why don't we work with that? And he's like, yeah, let's do it. He goes, I would really like to find a home for this, this riff. Okay. So we did, and it just started falling together. And then the, 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 the title of it was actually just a working title because we started writing it in October okay, of like 2016, I think. And, and so it was either 16 or 17. I don't know. It, it was a while ago, but um, so we started messing with it and uh, it, it just became lyrically about loss and, and verse two was about losing my dad and uh, just kind of how important, and he was born in October. And so the, the working title stuck and right. it, it just kind of made sense because my dad was only my dad. He was Scotty's dad and he was snake's dad. So mm -hmm. we, we all had such a, they, all the guys had a great relationship with my pop. So he, uh, yeah, it, it just became one of those songs that, it was, it became important to all of us. You know what I mean? And, um, it was different and we're like, let's, what do we have to lose? Let's make a long song. Let's record sure. a long song. And like, like I said, it was about 30, 25 to 30 seconds longer than it is now. And Nick is like, he's like, yeah, let's shorten this part a little bit. And we didn't, we didn't change it. I think we changed the key of it if I'm not mistaken, but other than that, it's pretty much how we wrote it. And uh, yeah, I think it has a really cool vibe. It, it has like a quicksand Jesus sort of vibe to it, sure. and, which is one of my favorite Skid Row songs and that we do. And, um, and that, that song took a long time to write like this song did. And so it, it just, it just seemed important to us. And right. it's funny because I, I just did an interview uh, at Germany right before this and that was his favorite song. And okay. I'm like, wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, it's definitely a cool song, man. And there's many, many, many cool songs on this new release. It's Thank called you. The Gang's All Here. Uh, Skid Row obviously is going to be out on tour. Uh, people can keep up with you guys where? Skidrow.com, best place? or Yep, Skidrow.com or our Instagram at official Skid Row. But .com is the website has everything there. All right, so everybody should go to skidrow.com and make sure that you buy, don't just stream it, don't be lame, buy the new release, uh, The Gang's All Here, October the 14th from Skid Row. And Rachel, um, we're going to wrap this one up with playing The Gang's All Here since that's the first thing you dropped on us. So uh, to wrap it up, why don't you tell us a little quick story about this video or about the song and why you decided to give this to the people first. Well, it just seemed to make sense. It was the album title and... Um... You know, after all this time, it finally felt like what what the title is, the gang's all here, you know, let's go do this. And we wrote this song with our friend Paul Taylor. And um, it's just, to me, if there was any song on this record that defines Skid Row, it's this song here, my opinion. And uh, we're psyched about it. And we, we just can't wait till this album comes out so everyone could hear it. Amen. Well, one more time. It is the gang's all here. It is Skid Row out on October the 14th. And let's check it out. It's the brand new video. The gang's all here from Skid Row right here on Chris Aiken Presents. Thanks, man. Right on.